Greetings and welcome to our podcast. This one is for this upcoming Wednesday, April 10th, and we will be talking about the travels of Paul. Now, uh, let's see, if we just a quick recap, uh, if you remember from the beginning of Acts, we've kind of been talking about Jesus, his final instructions, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, rises up, Pentecost moment, they're all blessed with the Holy Spirit, and you can see the, the apostles beginning to sort of develop that way of following Jesus. They are able to heal people. They're able to bring people together. There's these wonderful moments where everything is good and everybody's sharing things and, oh, it's just fantastic. And then that kind of goes away and there's persecutions and there's selfishness and there's conflict and all these different kinds of things. Eventually we have that guy Saul who, uh, you know, is okay with them stoning and killing uh, these new Christians and so instead uh, is hit by that flash of light, that's what we talked about last week, that flash of light on his way to Damascus uh, in which he is then knocked off his horse and then is called by Jesus into this new thing. So, um... Here's where I want us to start off, is we're going to start off right at Acts 13, so I'm just going to read how this begins. So Acts 13, right at the very beginning. Now in the church at Antioch, Antioch is in Syria, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was also called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, a member of the court of Herod the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And so from there, Saul is off, right? Saul is off, and he is doing all of the different things that he has sort of been called to do. And it's kind of amazing when you look at all the different places that he goes. He'll end up making four journeys. So we're going to talk about the four journeys that he makes. We'll talk more in detail about those on Wednesday. But you'll notice that names that will be a little familiar uh, will pop up. Words like Galatia, uh, a Corinth, Rome. Um, let's see, what's another good one? Um, uh, Thessalonica. I mean, places that will later have, say, a letter written to them that we are also in, that also is included in our uh, Bible. And so from here, they'll go out and they'll meet all of these different kinds of people, and they'll begin sort of start these churches that will begin taking off that will eventually have their own troubles, and we'll talk more about those as we kind of go through the next uh, couple of weeks. But um, I'm going to actually read you uh, one other particular passage, just because I think it's a it's an interesting story. And so this is kind of how these interactions will go. Um, this one, for for whatever reason, uh, instead of being sort of a telling from, you know, uh, they went and journeyed, for whatever reason, they switch over to being we set sail. And so there's this idea that Luke, right, Luke is the author of Acts, has kind of gone alongside them. So here we go. We are in uh, chapter 16, and we are starting at verse uh, 11. So we set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi. Philippi, Philippians, it's a book, yeah. Which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia. This is in Greece and a Roman colony. 
We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we were, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Really just kind of a neat story of how uh, they go out and they meet people in the various places. And we'll just point out again, um, they meet women in this particular place uh, who are the beginnings of this church, sort of bringing this community of faith together. Um, just a, a fun detail about this. Uh, so Lydia is in here and she's this dealer in purple cloth. This is one of those... Um, I'm trying to think of an equivalent thing. This is one of those industries that is very wealthy because only the wealthiest of people could own purple cloth. So she's probably doing really well and then helps to start a church, helps to uh, care for Paul and all of his different journeys. It's these connections that he makes around that allow his journeys to continue happening um, and the Holy Spirit sort of moving in people's lives and, and calling them to do different things. And they'll get thrown into prison right after this. This is what happens to Paul uh, right after this is he gets into prison and um, and only really because they uh, uh, find out that he's a Roman citizen that they even let him go. But there's an earthquake. It's all kinds of fun stuff that different that all happen. So he is going through and teaching, learning, meeting people along the way. There's an interesting detail. I think I've mentioned this that Paul is uh, is a rabbi. He's a he was a Pharisee, right? So he was a great teacher, but he he also had his own trade. And so he was a tent maker. He was somebody who uh, made tents for people, um, helped to construct those. And so that was what he would do, actually, as he was going around, was he would also kind of work a day job at the same time so that he could, again, sort of take care of himself. Along the way, though, he will get beaten up. He will get, uh, they try to stone him in one place. He ends up surviving that. Uh, he gets bitten by a poisonous snake. Um, my favorite thing that happens to him along the way is that there's a point where, and it's in Acts 23, where, um, where Paul is actually that 40 people come together and they say, we will not eat or drink until we kill Paul. So there's this band of 40 people who are trying to kill him along the way. So, I mean, he has definitely sort of uh, uh, caused a stir and everything. So, so we get these ideas of him going around, talking to people, and beginning to engage and begin forming these churches, these little bodies of Christ that show up all over the area. Now, I want to tell one more story, and it is from Acts chapter 17 again. And uh, this one is about Paul going to Athens. And, and if you think a little bit, Athens is the capital of Greece. Um, Greece was where lots of philosophers were, sort of a famous place for all of that. So um, he goes there and is connecting to people who are not Jewish necessarily, because some of the time that he's connecting to people, they're Jewish. But in this case, it is um, people who are philosophers who try to think more deeply. And so he changes his message a little bit to help them understand it a little bit more. So here we go, Acts 17. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. So then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus, which is the gathering of philosophers there, and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through your city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, 
This I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some of the people there scoffed, but others said, We will hear you again about this. And at that point, Paul left them. But some of them joined him and became believers. Now, I always think that's kind of a cool story, because if you notice, Paul doesn't say things like he normally would. Um, Did you notice how many times did he mention Jesus in that? He didn't mention it at all, but he talked about how God worked through this one, right? This, And he uses, he uses what they have around them, right? This shrine to an unknown God. Yet, yeah, you think it's unknown? Here's what's known. All right, here is your question for today. So we have Paul, who is going off to do something new, to go out and proclaim this good news to all kinds of different places that he wouldn't have known very much about. Um, He may have had some connection, but he's trying to do this new thing in their midst. So um, what I want you to do is think a little bit about when you had to do something new and you were all on your own. Maybe um, I was thinking about this. The time that I can remember is whenever I went to camp for the first time and all of a sudden I didn't have my parents with me. Maybe it's going to school, maybe it's doing something new. Just think about what that was and what that's like. And actually, if your parents are listening to this too, um, what made them nervous watching you do something new for the first time too? All right, all right, we'll talk about all of that on Wednesday. I'll see you then, bye. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters Stronger in the presence of my